Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sex Ed Shouldn't Suck. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Jen. And this week, we are talking about bisexuality. I am really excited to talk about it because I I believe in previous seasons, I think the, the time that sticks out to me that we talked about bisexuality was with Shara in season two. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of the last episodes of the season. It's really good if you haven't checked it out yet. Definitely yeah. go listen to it. But this time will be just me and Jen talking about our thoughts and experiences on the matter. We have a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of, well, we have probably more thoughts than we have experiences, maybe. I feel like that's true for all bisexual people. Yes, <laughs> it is bisexual culture to have more thoughts and experiences on bisexuality. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's very true. <laughs> yep, indeed. <laughs> Enjoy. All right, well, here it goes. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah that's the word and a and a sexuality can you is there a specific definition of bisexuality that you like to use since we both identifies bisexual right oh I, I thought one of us identified more as pansexual well to be honest if that's me you're referring to it is. i am confused about the difference between them also bisexual culture just confused all the time about everything so i define bisexuality as a sexual and romantic attraction to people who are my gender and people who are not Mm -hmm. since since the term bisexual has you know become part of the lexicon and the acronym LGBTQIA, there's been more understanding of sexuality. And so the term pansexual has come around and and other sort of polysexual terms have come out too that I think also probably describe me. Bisexual was the first one that I heard, the first one that I was like, oh, that one, that one's me. Mm -hmm. I also really like the colors of the flag. So that's (laughs) why I say I'm bisexual. It was a common term I mean, it's been around. A, I mean, I, I don't I guess I don't know how long pansexuality or polysexuality have been around, but mm-hmm. I remember hearing about bisexuals in high school or maybe earlier. That was like a mm-hmm. pop culture thing. But I yeah. didn't hear about any most of the other one terms until a lot later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Me too. Probably college or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think a, another common way to talk about bisexuality is or at least the common way to talk about pansexuality that I've heard is that gender is not important in terms of sexual and romantic attraction. I would also say that defines me. I think there are plenty of bisexual people that that applies to as well. Like I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think that bisexuality and pansexuality are wholly separate identities, though certainly individuals are welcome to identify whoever they want to identify. Yeah. I think I think that's where a lot of that confusion comes into play. I I mm-hmm. also don't even personally know if gender matters to me or not. It it's mm-hmm. like I am definitely attracted to my own gender and other genders. Mm-hmm. I don't know how do you know if it matters to you? Like what does that mean? I don't have a great answer <laughs> to that question. <laughs> Because gender doesn't matter to me personally. Like, like I, 
am non-binary because I don't think gender yeah. matters to me as a person. So it also doesn't matter to me in terms of being attracted to people. That said, I am attracted to things about different genders. Like I'm attracted to certain very feminine things and certain very masculine things and certain things that um, issue gender norms or, or turn them upside mm-hmm. down. So there are definitely parts about gender that I am attracted to, yeah. but it's not like I am attracted to men 20% and women 80% and the other genders don't exist. Right. Which, you know, some people are, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I would say that you would probably just know if it felt important to you. Yeah. And that's cool if it does. It's it's confusing too. I feel like, especially as someone that is polyamorous, mm. I don't know. So it's like, if I was monogamous, would I desire a more masculine or a more feminine or a more not like whatever more of the mm-hmm. time. I, I genuinely don't know. So it's almost like <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in one of those uh, too many options problems. <laughs> I just have no, I- <laughs> there's too many choices. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so with you. My therapist has actually told me that when I'm like, I literally <laughs> will date anyone. They're like, well, maybe you have too many options. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking kill me. <laughs> like, I, somehow I don't think that's a problem. If I would date anyone and no one will date me, I think there's something else going on. And they're like, hmm, maybe you need to, but you wouldn't date anyone. I could think of three <laughs> people right now that you, I know you would not date. Oh, who are they? Tell me. Mitch McConnell. Oh, yeah. Donald Trump. Guy. <laughs> yeah, no, fucking too. Um, probably Joe Rogan. Yeah, definitely not Joe Rogan, but I would probably date all of their wives. Probably. <laughs> you would date people that those like are married to them. Like somebody with yeah, that bad they, of decision making. So, yes, but they would have to like <laughs> stay married to them so that I could secretly know that they were like fucking me on the DL, but married mm. to these like, you know, like, haha. I fucked your wife. <laughs> Would there be any kind of like subterfuge in there? Like you're going to try and like change the world? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to start like laying like socialist pamphlets around the house <laughs> or something. I've heard that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is this is the secret agenda of all bisexuals. <laughs> it's my agenda with a J. A J-E-N-D-A. <laughs> Uh, this is the true gay agenda. <laughs> I'll just like start making some Marxist zines and being like, oh, who left this on the counter where I fucked your <laughs> wife? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually brings us to a great bisexual stereotype, which is does it? that <laughs> it does, because I think oh. that a lot of straight cis men would mm. think that their wives fucking another woman is not only hot, but also not threatening. Mm. Mm. That's a stereotype that we've all heard before, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> two of us that are here have definitely heard that stereotype. <laughs> Artie, my dog, has heard it too. He's, he hates it. He's, he's in the room. That's why I said that he... <laughs> he has heard it. Um, yeah, for sure. It's it's really gross. <laughs> right? There's this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pervasive thought that women who make out with each other are super sexy and hot. And, and maybe I'm almost doing it for 
the attention and the gaze of men mm-hmm. and that if they slept together, that'd be super hot again, because it's kind of for men, mm-hmm. but that, you know, if, if they slept with another man, then that would be, you know, that would be cheating. That would be crossing a line, but sleeping yeah. with another woman wouldn't, wouldn't be considered cheating. And yeah, it definitely, like you said, goes to the idea that they don't take women's sexuality as seriously. They wouldn't be scared that a woman would leave them for another woman, you know, but they, their masculinity and their, their sexuality would be uh, checked if, if their partner slept with another man. This, uh, this happened to me actually Mm. multiple times, but the the first time it happened to me was in high school. My boyfriend, my first really long-term relationship, my boyfriend told me, Oh, like I wouldn't, like, I would be really upset if you made out with another guy, but like, if you wanted to make out with another girl, like, I wouldn't care. And I was like, all right. And I ended up going to this birthday party at a hotel where it was all girls. And then one girl had her boyfriend there and we played spin the bottle and the boyfriend mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to play. So it was just a bunch of, I kissed like 10 girls at all that of them. hot yeah. tub party. Yeah. I made out with so many girls and I was really stoked about it. And then the next day I went to tell my boyfriend and he got super mad at me because Uh, apparently he meant that he was supposed to be there. (laughs) Oh, to watch. He wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. He got upset that he wasn't there for it. And yeah, he had said though, when he told me, he was like, I wouldn't care if you meet out with another girl because it would be like kissing a wall. (laughs) What? He didn't know I was bi. Kidding me? <laughs> was he calling you a wall? <laughs> no, I think he was saying that I would feel like it was kissing a wall because No, I get it. It sounded like he was yeah. calling all women walls. Like Yeah. Yeah, kissing a girl is like kissing a wall. <laughs> it did not feel like kissing a wall. No, I'm sure it felt way better. Unless it was than like a him. <laughs> warm, soft, sexy wall. <laughs> yeah, with like lips and a tongue and stuff. Um, I got you. I had, I was also in a poly relationship with a man who had lots of other partners who were all femme or female. And when I, you know, told him that I wanted to start exploring, um, he told me that polyamory didn't really work if it was one <laughs> woman and like multiple partners, but it, it pretty much only worked if it was one man and multiple partners. <laughs> and that like throughout history, that is what, wh- what it was. And I was like, I literally don't give a fuck. <laughs> that has a name and it's not polyamory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, I was going to bring up polyamory because that is actually, we see that bisexual stereotype a Mm -hmm. lot in what's called the one penis policy which is essentially a heterosexual couple deciding to open up and the woman only being allowed to date other women Mm -hmm. because it's not threatening to the man yeah yeah german there (laughs) but then he's also allowed to date other women you're all dating women yeah (laughs) because again their their sexuality good thing there's so many of them so many more than men super willing to just join your thruple and you know whatever it's cool (laughs) yeah yeah that's how we get you know unicorn hunters and Mm -hmm. uh lots of other kind of gross stuff yeah it's not cool what other bisexual stereotypes are there jen um i know that i literally just said that i would date anyone but (laughs) there is a stereotype that 
uh, bisexual people are like indiscriminate with their partners. Yeah. Um, that again, they will actually <laughs> literally date anyone. And, and that was a joke when you I said it. I swear. You did not set this up well, Jen. <laughs> I did not. I am a bisexual stereotype. I just meant that I'm open to dating literally like all kinds and all genders and all sizes and all yeah. races, et cetera, et cetera, of people. And so, but yeah, just because, you know, I'm, I'm open to that doesn't mean that I would you know, cheat on someone or, mm-hmm. you know, just literally fuck whoever, whoever came around. <laughs> Bisexual people are, are able to be in relationships, monogamous relationships, mm-hmm. poly relationships that have boundaries and, you know, structure, you know, being, a, being attracted to all types of people is not the same as acting on that. And, you yeah. know, if it, that were the case, then all straight people would just be cheating all the time with other straight partners. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely something I've experienced as far as having, it's almost always men get really excited by the fact that I'm bisexual and polyamorous and just think that I am always down for a threesome with any any old lady we meet out there on right. the street. Just Yeah. <laughs> I had that happen. It was very frustrating. Like the guy was like, oh, we could have had a threesome with her. And I was like, the fuck, dude? Like, (laughs) don't know her. (laughs) And he he just pointed out someone on the street and was like, no, it was like someone someone. we had like chatted with at a bar for a minute. But Mm. like, I mean, I'm not saying I would not be down. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying like a definite no, but like the Mm -hmm. assumption that I'm always down to fuck anybody or like any woman, any time is it's just fucked. not true. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. And it's weird and presumptuous. Like our relationships progress at the same, usually sort of pace that straight or even gay relationships do. Like there definitely there are times you meet someone at a bar and you would go home and maybe have a one night stand with them or have just a casual relationship. But you know, it's not like I'm biased. I'm going to go meet someone at the bar and then have a threesome <laughs> every <laughs> night. Right. Like that. <laughs> That's then, actually how it is. You should all just admit you're bisexual. It's amazing how that works. <laughs> oh, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm not really bisexual then. <laughs> I've threesomes are an interesting thing because, um, yeah, I think there's this. I don't know. There's this like dichotomy of, obviously, if you're going to have a threesome, having bisexual people around is probably good because mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll they'll you know they'll do all the people. Um, but <laughs> bisexuals doing all the people, <laughs> bisexuals do all the people, but there's also this sort of, at least I have personally experienced being in threesomes with other couples or other people that it's like, they are playing out a fantasy and I'm just sort of a pawn in it. Like I often mm-hmm. find myself in threesomes where I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a full participant. I'm just like there yeah, because you know, the woman in the couple kind of thinks women are hot and wants one to go down on her, but doesn't really want to reciprocate. And the guy <laughs> just wants to kind of fuck both of you. <laughs> yep. So, but at the same time, if we are all fully participatory, consenting and having fun, like, yeah, I would love to do group sex, but I don't know. It's, it's very rare that the, all the stars align on it. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't had like a ton of group sex. I've had a decent mm-hmm. amount and most of it's been pretty mm-hmm. awesome. But I would attribute that to the like all the really good times. The fact that like both women involved were extremely bisexual. 
extremely bad with an like extreme. i mean that's, for me that's been the problem is because what you said like the woman mm-hmm. maybe being a little more bi-curious and like there's no, literally no shame on being bi-curious yeah. and like i think there are also like i've had a really great threesome with a bi-curious person where it was like understood ahead of time that that's what was happening so i didn't right. go into it with any expectations and uh, of anything more than that so that was great mm-hmm. but i think you know there's a slippery a slippery slope there yeah if you will yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. agreed so another bisexual stereotype that comes to mind is actually for bisexual men and i you know i just remembered that we talked to uh, our friend bill in season bill. one about being bi and i think that you know masculine presenting or male people not the ones mm-hmm. that deliver your letters but but maybe the, some of them but yeah maybe some <laughs> incidentally might be bi <laughs> but you know men in general bisexual men are often mm-hmm. have this stereotype that they're not actually bisexual they're just too afraid to come out as gay mm-hmm. and that's an equally as harmful stereotype as well because it yeah kind of gets us into bi erasure like it totally for sure erases their experience and their sexuality Absolutely. And I also kind of piggybacking off of that have seen, I think the question gets asked a lot more and have, I've seen a lot more women particularly say that they would not date a bi man. Yeah. Um, Even though plenty of dudes would, you know, date and do date bi women probably because they want their girlfriend to make out with some girl (laughs) and they want to watch it. But you know, there's this (laughs) thing, even from, even from straight women or, or other women in general, other bi women or people, women who would date men that, they're also gay or that they would leave them for a man or that they're, they're somehow less masculine or something. Yeah. I don't know. I love, I love by men and by masculine presenting me people. Too. So it's what I prefer. Couldn't be me. <laughs> I can understand not wanting to date someone if they're bisexual and polyamorous and want to be able to date anybody, but that's more just because you're monogamous and they're polyamorous. Like I, I don't really understand how yeah. somebody being bisexual would matter in your monogamous yeah, relationship. No, absolutely biphobic to be into someone and then to just learn that they are bisexual and then be like, nah, fam, because, you know, it would be one thing if they couldn't meet other needs of your relationship. Um, but as we've said, they can be monogamous and they can be in a straight couple. So what's the prob dog? (laughs) Well, you always hear those things like, oh, well, if you're bisexual and you're attracted to everyone, there's more of a chance that you're going to cheat on me. Or I guess, is there another one? That was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, that's that you're like indiscriminate with your partners. Or, or yeah, there's sort yeah. of insecurity of like, well, why wouldn't you just leave me for someone of the other gender? Well, I could leave you for anyone. Like I could leave you for someone of your same gender if we were in a straight <laughs> relationship. Like, like that happens in relationships a lot. So like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it is really interesting because I think bisexuality, as opposed to a lot of the other identities on the LGBTQ spectrum, Mm -hmm. it it is invisible a lot, particularly Mm -hmm. so if there's two bisexual people dating, one is a man and one is a woman, they're both bisexual, but they appear straight. And mm-hmm. so while they may feel pride for their sexuality and want to be included in LGBTQ spaces, they might be perceived as straight and crashing that. And 
Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> it is sad. And this is why we can't gatekeep these spaces, right? You can't assume anyone's sexuality. You can't assume anyone's gender. Like someone could be cis presenting and not be. Someone mm-hmm. could be straight presenting and not be. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do encourage people who are straight and people who are cis, especially people who are both of those things, to question within themselves why they might take up space at pride though of course they're welcome and allies are welcome but i think it's it's important to ask yourself that question just like it's important for white allies to ask why they might take up space in you know black places etc but um i don't think it's up to other people to gatekeep that at least within the queer community yeah i i totally agree and it's an unfortunate thing that as a bisexual, you experience a lot of gatekeeping and shaming from like both sides, like yeah. from from straight people and from from LGBTQ or probably not LGBTQ, but from LG, <laughs> whatever. TQIA. I mean, no, it, it's, I mean, I would say from all sides and then within yourself too, I'm constantly asking myself if I'm actually bisexual or if I'm just straight or if I'm just gay yeah. because of these experiences that have invalidated my sexuality or because there might, because my, my specific sexuality and my specific gender are a lot more fluid than that. So there are definitely some days where I don't want anything to do with men and some days where I just watch the straightest porn ever. (laughs) So I'm like, my fucking straight, this is awful. So yeah, I think there's also this third side of, of, uh, I think a lot of bisexuals also have imposter syndrome because of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have a similar experience? Yeah, I definitely have a similar experience. It's, I mean, as somebody that has a partner that I live with and I'm getting married to that is a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I consider myself to be bisexual or queer or whatever, but I often don't feel that way. And sometimes I feel mm. pressure to date and find a female or non-binary or just like non cis man partner mm-hmm. just to confirm within myself that I I'm not straight, even though like, I know I'm not straight. And like, I mean, I do want, I do want a non man partner at some point, but like right now I'm not (laughs) feeling like dating. I'm not Mm. in a space where I want to date. And that's really hard because it makes me feel invalidated, not only as a bisexual, but also as a polyamorous person. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of intersectional identities here. I got one man partner i'm just a <laughs> normie <laughs> yeah i mean she really is guys it's like sometimes i think about quitting the podcast because she's such a normie that's true i have like 40 live laugh loves in my house yeah just a whole room <laughs> covered from top to bottom and live laugh love signs it's kind yeah. of crazy monogrammed towels <laughs> now i know what i'm getting you for your wedding <laughs> please don't Let's circle back to something we kind of talked about at the beginning where we were talking about bisexuality versus pansexuality versus other forms of polysexuality. Or queer. Or or queer. Uh, (laughs) I like the term bi plus that's kind of going like the plus sign that is sometimes at the end of LGBTQ Hmm. plus Mm -hmm. because it, it encompasses all polysexualities because I think that bisexuality is, has a really important part in the 
in queer history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though there might be some words that are a little more inclusive now, I think it's really important for it to still be around and be used and be part of the acronym. Also something I've interestingly talked with other bisexuals about is, um, is the term pansexuality in a way that's kind of gatekeeping E hmm. like if you identify as bi versus pan, then you're not inclusive of all under other genders. And yeah. how dare you not understand this part or be exclusionary, which other sexualities don't deal with, even though they are, yeah, rightfully so, more much more exclusionary than <laughs> bisexuality, right? And like it, that comes from people. a misunderstanding of the term bisexuality, and I, I think that's why I was using pansexuality before as well, because my original understanding of bisexuality, I was thinking of bi as referring to mm-hmm. men or women, mm-hmm. and that was always the definition I had known of it when I was in high school. And the way you described it as being attracted to your own gender and uh, others Mm -hmm. is really, that makes a lot more sense to me. Like that, that I think is what I thought (laughs) pansexuality was. So like, you know, but we see that's a very common misconception. Like if anybody watches big mouth, there mm-hmm. was an episode in, I think, season two where there's a character who identifies as pansexual and the way that she explains it to the class is that she's attracted to not only men and women, but anything in between. And there was a yeah. huge backlash about that Yeah, after it happened. And, and rightfully so. I mean, I, yeah. I applaud them for trying to be as inclusive as possible, but I also want to say that bisexuality is and has always been inclusive of trans people, non-binary people, mm-hmm. and all other genders. I, I do think when Pride was, the original Pride in the 70s was happening, there wasn't as good as understanding of gender as there is now. And there was mm-hmm. a deliberate attempt to disinclude trans people. So I think that as a society, we've come a long way, but I think that the definition of bisexuality can change as the definition of all words can change. And while I've always said that individuals can identify with bisexual, pansexual, polysexual, whatever word that they want to, this weird thing of like bisexuality is just men and women is just simply not true and does a huge disservice to bisexual people Yeah, everywhere. What are your thoughts on using queer versus bisexual or pansexual? Yeah, I like queer as an umbrella term because I think it encompasses all all forms of queerness in terms of gender and sexuality. I just ain't straight. (laughs) Right. I use it to describe myself, and I I also like that it means weird, you know, Mm -hmm. because I often feel just like a little weirdo. So I like it, but I also see and understand people's need to be more specific with their own identities. Um, So I don't think that queer and bisexual are interchangeable, just like I don't think queer and gay are interchangeable, queer or lesbian, queer or trans are Mm -hmm. interchangeable. But I think that someone can be bi and queer for sure. Yeah. What about you? What are your thoughts? Sometimes I like using it because I, I, I think that trying to explain and understand 
bisexual versus pansexual versus whatever I think can get really tedious or yeah boring or even feeling like like what you said like proving proving wokeness or even gatekeeping mm-hmm. like it, it can just it can just feel kind of bad yeah to like I I love being bisexual but sometimes I feel exhausted by it by explaining yes. it to people by trying to fight back against stereotypes that are constantly put on me. And weirdly enough, at least within the LGBTQ community, if I call myself queer, I don't necessarily feel like I have to fight those things as much. So yeah, I think that is sometimes how I see it, but you know, there's also the feeling of not being queer enough too. So yeah, for sure. That's all. It's all complicated. No, I like queer. Queer feels like a good, safe term. <laughs> and and it's crazy because it, for most of human history, it hasn't been. It's been a very yeah. not safe term. But we have reclaimed that shit. So. I, I think, I, too, so like going to the non-queer people, if I'm mm-hmm. explaining my sexuality to a group of straight people, I would probably say bisexual or mm-hmm. queer, I would probably not use pansexual because I wouldn't want to have to define it to them. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't use pansexual either. Not because I wouldn't want to define it, but because I, again, I think, I think defining bisexuality and pansexuality different and not as, you know, perhaps sides of the same coin or, naturally working off of each other rather than at odds with each other. I wouldn't want to perpetuate the idea that they are very different and one is more inclusive than the other. Yeah. So I would also probably say bisexual. Now, Jen, it almost sounds like you think there is no use for the word pansexual. I don't like the term pansexual. I've had bad experiences, as I've explained, Mm -hmm. with people demanding that they know who I'm attracted to and who I would have sex with and so that they can make sure that it's... (laughs) You're like, I already said everyone. (laughs) Everyone. Anyone, honestly. You're an all-sexual. I'm an (laughs) all-sexual. And and it's honestly just no one's business. Again, like, no other sexuality of people is subjected to this the idea that they have to be super duper inclusive and that if they're not they're not doing it right and and Mm -hmm. no one else is entitled to that information or to demand anything from me in my sexuality so I've had bad experiences with the word pansexual I don't like using it obviously as I've said individuals are more than welcome to identify with it and use it for themselves Mm -hmm. but Jen I'm bored and I like speculating on people's sexuality. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Hey everyone, I think Jen is pansexual. Only because they're hella woke. I will woke. murder you through the microphone. Because <laughs> they're hella woke. Uh, <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. So this sort of bisexuality bisexuality versus pansexuality thing I I spoke about in a bisexual support group that I was in, which I'd be asking yourself, what the fuck is that? I'm bisexual and I need support. Okay. That's why I was (laughs) in it. Um, it was, it was actually a really nice experience. I was a bunch of bisexual women and binary people who were AFAB and femme presenting. I wish there'd been some men or more masculine people, but you know, they're 
they're not always around because of the previous uh, yeah. tropes and biphobia we've mentioned. So um, I totally assumed it was like not no cis men allowed. <laughs> oh no, definitely cis men would have been allowed. It was just mm. the bisexuals, you know, cis men, cis bisexual men just don't, they just don't need support. They're fine. They don't need support. <laughs> I think they need support the most of all of yeah. us probably. <laughs> for, and for they're sure. just really struggling. <laughs> I think that they probably also don't show up on Melissa, the leader's Instagram audience a lot because she is very femme. And I feel like her mm. audience is probably 90% women are femme AFAB people. Yeah. What was I saying? Anyway, it was a really nice support group where we could all talk about, you know, these common pitfalls and, and Dating, some of us are polyamorous, some of us are trying to figure out dating as a bisexual or dating other genders. And we had a class where we talked about intersectionality and what we find attractive. And it, it was, you know, we sort of broke down people. This is a little uncomfortable to talk about. And we, we got into it based on this sort of broke down people that we were attracted to based on different characteristics that are commonly underrepresented, including gender and race and body size and disability and age. And I I think that that exercise was important because we have to question what is held up as beautiful and worthy of love and intimacy in society. Mm -hmm. And, I think every person needs to interrogate what internalized heteronormativity and beauty standards that we have. But at the same time, it is uncomfortable and probably ill-advised to break down individuals into these check boxes, right? No one wants to be that. No one wants to do that. And I don't think that's the right way to do it. And we got into that discussion in this where it was like, no one, no other sexuality of people is demanded of to prove that they like an inclusive set of people. So why are we doing it to ourselves and how Mm. can we have this conversation and do this in a way that isn't like icky and breaking down people to these one dimensional aspects of of who they are wow but also still be true to breaking down these barriers that society has put up that tell us yeah these are the only types of people who are worthy of love and intimacy so it was wow. heavy you know heavy stuff yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I think that sounds like really important work to do individually to break down who you're attracted to and why but also mm-hmm be wary not to once when you're dating a person you're dating an individual you're not dating a a white i don't know what i'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) who who am i (laughs) yeah so i I can say like you're not dating the concept of a white disabled chronically ill neurodivergent (laughs) queer person like you're dating jen right and i yeah i have a ton of characteristics and I'm way more unique and interesting than just those things, even though that those, those things are part of me. Mm-hmm. But also if you notice that every single person you've dated has been white, able-bodied, young, whatever else that society says are the most worthy things, then maybe it's time to do some inner work on yourself. Would you consider age to be part of that too? Cause I feel like that can be a little bit different because mm-hmm. of points that you're in, in your life. Yeah, I think that 
what they were trying to get at with age is that the idea that like old people don't have sex <laughs> mm. and to sort of hold up youth as the standard, yeah. even if you are a lot older, right? That youth mm-hmm. is beautiful. And so I think that in that sense, I people see. are ageist, but yeah, mm-hmm. obviously try not to have this like huge age gap. That's when we you get into power imbalances. I mean, and it probably just depends on what you're looking for and what stage in your life that you're at yeah, when it comes to absolutely. age. I would say maturity level is probably more important than age. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. dating and I'm engaged to the most, the most mature 26 year old I've ever met or 27. So I can't fucking ever oh. remember how old he is. I, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Someday. Yeah. I'll know. Okay, now I understand why you're like, wait, but age, you know, it's maturity. It's not like I robbed the cradle. <laughs> <or anything." laughs> no, you're, He's you're making very, me homemade right. crunch wrap Supremes right now. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I was going to say about age, going back to age, that we, we talked about this as a group as well. And age is generally correspondent to life experience. And so, you know, even if you're dating someone who's mature, who might be 10 years younger than you, it's still likely Mm -hmm. that they haven't gone through all the stuff that you have, that maybe you have a house and they don't. And so that puts them at a financial disadvantage, even Mm -hmm. though they might be mature or they have, you know, some other, they don't have some other experience that you have or vice versa. And that puts them at a disadvantage. So that's not necessarily a deal breaker, but talking about that in your relationship and what the expectations are and what each other can afford based on just relative life experience is important. Yeah. So to tie this all back into sex education, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we talked about a lot of different issues that there are that bisexuals face constantly. This isn't just when we were younger. This is now Mm -hmm. with stereotypes, visibility, biphobia, how could we make sex education bisexual inclusive? How could we change the way that we're teaching kids about sex to help make mm-hmm. little bisexual babies feel loved and included and secure in themselves so they're not always being like, am I really bisexual? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Can I? How would my life be different if I never had to ask myself that question? <laughs> I'd have so much more room in my brain for other things. (laughs) Yeah. You would probably be like fluent in Arabic or something. I know. I would have like the Nobel Peace Prize for something. (laughs) I that's a great question. I think the one of the obvious answers (laughs) is to to just be more representative in sex ed curriculum of different kinds of couples or different kinds of um relationship styles. Um my, my personal thoughts on sexuality and gender are that they're a lot more expansive than people give them credit for. And not everything has to fit in a neat little bubble of like, these people are bisexual and these people are gay and these people are straight and that's it. Um, there, there are so, there are infinite human and infinite queer experiences. And I wish mm-hmm. that representation included all of that. And I would be less focused on making sure you get the labels right and more focused on making sure that no matter what people are, they are loved and accepted and Mm -hmm. validated. Yeah. Yeah. I think you totally hit the nail on the head there. I think having more representation in the examples that we see in sex ed and 
I mean, of course, none of this is going to be possible if we're coupling sex with shame. So if we're telling mm-hmm. kids that they need to f- practice abstinence until they're married, there's no yeah. room for bisexuality in that. <laughs> right. First step is get past the <laughs> abstinence only. Yeah, because Second I don't really step is think... maybe factually correct. Third step yeah. is maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. It's but I, I don't away. see how we can be supportive of of bisexual and queer identities while attributing shame with sex. There's just absolutely not a way to do that. So, you know, just to get on a tiny, tiny soapbox, just the smallest one that I have, <laughs> this is a lot of the reason that I know I personally feel very passionate about helping to make sex education more comprehensive, pleasure-based and not abstinence only because it really hurts a lot of people and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. people in the world that are queer and are bisexual. And there's a lot of people in the world that are straight that just like, can't, it it sucks being feeling shame about your sexuality and about your gender and the way you feel and the way you love. And if you get anything from this episode, I hope that resonates with you and you can see why Mm -hmm. sex ed shouldn't suck. (laughs) Look, I did it. That's it. The podcast is done. We I brought it. it. It's got a neat little this bow is our last on it. Episode ever. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I had to say. I think I agree. Uh, yeah, fully, wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. Anyways, if you have any thoughts or feelings on the matter, folks, if you're bisexual or pansexual or poop sexual, whatever kind of sexual mm-hmm. you are, please. Tell us because we need to know. Maybe we need to categorize. We need to categorize you and uh, log you away <laughs> in our little book of sexualities. So uh, you can reach us by email at hello at sexedshouldn'tsuck.com or you can go check out our website at sexedshouldn'tsuck. Uh, I think there's a form there. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah, dot com. <laughs> That's how websites work. <laughs> You could also, speaking of websites, go to our Patreon if you search Sex Ed Shouldn't Suck. There's a ton of stuff there that you can uh, subscribe to, different tiers that yeah. include shout outs or uh, a phone call with us, even. Lots of yeah. stuff, merch, stickers. So, stickers, uh, the list goes on, people. Hell yeah like the podcast and have a couple extra bucks a month to support us we would be eternally eternally grateful so go check it out yeah and thank you to our current subscribers we love you and a particular shout out to our patron bill bill thank you for supporting the podcast and making it possible every damn month you fucking gem And if you all would like other ways to support us, we also got merch. merch, merch and guess merch. what? It's motherfucking what? Pride Month. Yes. You can look pr- proud. Yes. <laughs> you need all of our merch to look just proud. should be like a pride of lions and be like, is this the right pride? Oh, <laughs> that sounds kind of cute. It does. Like cute little rainbow lions or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, thank you to Kent, who masters our sound. Not bisexual. In fact, not queer at all, I don't think. But still a cool guy. Yeah. (laughs) I love that qualifier at the end. (laughs) We don't know. Well, you know what? We don't know a sexuality, and we're not entitled to it, Jen. 
You're right. You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. Thank you to Kent, the person I don't know the sexuality of, but still love. <laughs> oh, thanks, everyone. Love you. Bye. Thanks for burping right into the mic. You're like, hold on, I have to burp. Ah, I'll do it closer next time because I know you're into that. Yeah. Just so you folks know, Jen's a burp queen. (laughs) Burp queen. Fair size queens. There are regular queens. (laughs) There are burp queens. There are monarchs. (laughs) There's the Queen of England. There's the The Queen Queen of of England is actually a burp queen too. Little known fact.